Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, um, I'm going to approach this show from a completely different point of view and... Uh, I would say before we get started that I just want you to think about many of the times in my life that I've made a lot of money. It's when I've been able to turn my thinking around to a contrarian type thought process. In other words, when everybody goes left, I go right and so on and so forth. That, that There's just this group of people that are the general public, the, the hmm, I don't know what they're uneducated, unsophisticated masses out there that just don't seem to have their arms around the way the world's really working. Yeah, that's not making me uh, restate that. It's not saying that I believe I'm smarter than everybody. It just means that I'm wired differently than everybody. <clears throat> I tend to look for where are the opportunities and what's going on right now. Many people look at what is the catastrophe involved in what's going on right now. And I think that's why a lot of people are unhappy. I definitely believe that's why a lot of people don't have the quality of lifestyle they could have. So there's a lot in this today about looking at the world from the opposite direction, from what someone might have looked at it before. And looking into the opportunities of something that seems to be a disaster is what we're going to talk about today. So what is it we're talking about? Well, you'd have to be dead to not have noticed in the news uh, that millions upon millions of people are crossing the border in the last year or two. And there's millions more that want to come. So you've got this great war between the Republicans and the Democrats about whose fault it is. What is funny is that the Democrats have now changed the position that it was okay or that it never really existed as a problem. They're now saying, well, we can't get away with keeping that lie up anymore. So now we'll just say, okay, well, um, it was the Republicans' fault. I just, the politics of the issue, it just blows my mind. And if we were to sit here and debate the politics of the issue, we'd get nowhere because the country's gotten nowhere for 20 years. The last 20 years of my life, uh, it's been a problem. And no one has come up with a solution. So I want to look at this thing from a completely different point of view. And I'm going to start with this. If this really were a problem for this country, now you're saying, Dell, this has got to be a problem. What are we going to do with these millions of people? If this really were a problem, what do we do with these millions of people? What do we do with all this fentanyl coming into our country? 
What do we do with all these terrorists coming across our border? I mean, these are some big problems looked at that way. However, they're problems that both the Republicans and the Democrats have done nothing to stop. He said, well, no, get out of here, Dell. The Republicans did. No, they've tried some things. I think they care about it more than the Democrats do. But remember, Republicans aren't just the people that get voted in. They're the people voting for the people. They're the people that get up in arms about stuff. And so how irritated they are, how much they're willing to fight, is a completely different animal. And so when you look at this situation, you say, this problem has not been solved. Nobody really wants this problem solved. They both want it as a political battle. They want it as an item to run on as far as politics. But they don't really want to solve the problem because the problem could be solved easily. I mean, you can defend a border. You can defend it physically, structures. You can defend it with the military. There's, there's lots of ways. You could, first of all, just defend it by telling people they're not getting in and they're going to go to jail. And obviously the Democrats completely reversed that position. They didn't allow Trump to put up the wall. So everybody that's on a Republican side of this argument is going to say that, hey, we tried to solve it. Our solution was to keep people out. However, as soon as Biden got in, he reversed all that and let all these millions and millions of people in. You say, why? Well, the first argument might be it's political. They think that all these people are going to vote Democrat in the future, and they're going to thank the Democrats for letting all these people in. But one of the arguments that you don't see, uh, it's just not being brought up, is that most immigrants vote Republican. Why? Because they're fleeing totalitarianism. They're fleeing socialism. They're, they come here because they want to get a job and go to work. They don't come here just for the free handouts, although that's what we'd all believe, and that's what the Democrats give them to try to sway them to vote for them. But I don't think that's really the reason that they come here. They want the freedom. And they want the ability to better their family. And if you look at second-generation immigrants of all types, you know, the first generation, they have it tough, man. They come here and take whatever dirty job there is, and they do that job, and they work hard, and they try to get their kids in school, and the kids get assimilated, and they learn the language, and the parents learn a little bit of the language and get semi-assimilated. But by that second generation, those kids are up and running. So what I'm saying here is that, you know, there's so much politics wrapped around this, but I'm looking at on the ground. So now these millions and millions of people get in here. What happens? Well, I would suggest that for a while the government's paying for them, but they're going to they're gonna run out of money paying for them. And it's going to become a, a political liability at some point. Um, 
And not only that, I think that even people that are getting welfare, that the majority of these people are not wanting to live on a stipend or whatever they give them. But the bottom line is, is that they're going to want a job. They're going to want to live somewhere. So what are they going to do? Typically, what happens with these people is they go find somebody of their nationality that speaks their language. That's the first thing you do to, to, you know, get involved. That's what I would do if I was in another country. I'd go find somebody, you know, as an expatriate that I could go live with, live by, communicate with, that would help me figure out how this whole thing works. And they will go move in with family members that are here or relatives, distant relatives, or just other people sympathetic. And then they're going to want a job because the people that are supporting them aren't rich in most cases, and they're going to need them to help support. And so they'll get some of these low-end jobs that don't require ID, or maybe they have ID, I think, now, because they're just saying, here's your pass to come back in three years and, and show back up to an ICE court in three years. I've heard that that pass is now their ID. So let's say it is. All right, let's say that it is. The bottom line, these people are going to start working places, and that's going to take care of some of this labor pressure. As it takes care of some of the labor pressure, you have to think about it. Like, is the apartment industry, there are not enough maintenance guys. There are not enough maids. There are not enough AC repairmen. These guys that come from other countries doesn't mean they can't do anything. They, they had to do something in those countries to survive, even if it's just manual labor. And so these people will reduce the burden, the workload that is now not being taken care of, which brings us to the next point. Once they do that, the number one thing they're all going to want is a place to stay. Now, you realize that the numbers, and I forget the exact number because I, you know, it was a story that I did quite a ways back, but we're talking about the fact that we're like short some 40 million housing units in this country. In other words, we need 40 more thousand, 40 more million housing units right now, today, before these people show up. Now millions of people show up. What does that do to our housing supply? It diminishes it even further. And so what you have to see is, is that no matter how you spread these people out, two families to one living place, three families to one, no matter how you spread them out, they're going to need housing. And we provide housing for a living. Also, I, I, in addition to that, own grocery stores, and they're going to need to buy food. And I'm thinking, wow, and I just started thinking about this today. It just came to my mind. They're going to need food from my grocery stores. They're going to need a job to pay for that food. They're going to need housing. They're going to need a job for that housing. My apartments need employees. Now, my upper high-end businesses don't need that type of labor. But in the future, these people might have been higher labor in other countries, and they just came here now, whether they have a language limitation or papers limitation or whatever it is, maybe they can't get those high-end jobs. But over a period of time, they will assimilate, and those skill sets will will come back. They will 
be utilizable again sometime in the future. And so we're going to get apartment managers and assistant managers and leasing agents out of these people. And if you think you got a million people and you got, you know, they show a line of, uh, you know, 50,000 people or 20,000, whatever it is, a thousand people standing in a line. Wow. Park that line in the front of my apartment complex once they get jobs, man, because that will fill that apartment complex up in a second. All we have to do is get them in here and assimilate them into the country. And I think that's what they're doing by just letting them go. They're saying, you know what? Just let them go. And everybody, no, do you realize the Republicans could sue Biden for doing this? They could take Biden out in a second and show that he's destroying the country. He's breaking the law, letting these people come in and just let him go. But they're not. Because the Republicans like to scream and yell and scream and yell and scream and yell. But they don't really ever start a fight. They don't ever really do anything except scream and yell. So if they really wanted it to happen, they would crack down on this in 10 seconds. They'd be all over this. It would be big news. But they're not. Because they don't want to. Interesting thought. Because why? Because Republicans owning businesses need employees. There's no waiters and waitresses left anymore. After COVID, they're gone. Lawn, landscape. I had a guy come out and trim my palm trees the other day. Some, I think, Salvadorian guy. Climbed 200 feet into the air. There's no American going to do that. I mean, it's, it was scary watching him do it. But that job needed to be done by somebody. And I'm sure glad that guy was here. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Start your real estate immersion with a free workshop live online at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Remember this. Sellers, motivated sellers are found, but deals are made. A reminder from Del Wamsley, CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited. Learn how to find those motivated sellers and get the deals done. Join our free online workshop and learn how to retire in five years or less at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about what are the possible opposite positions you can take about all this migration coming into our country. And is there really a silver lining in it all? And that being the fact that we really have an overemployment, which means there's more possible jobs out there than there are people to fill them. So what do you do? If you want to stay competitive, you're going to have to fill those jobs. So you're going to bring these people in 
And that's what I think is going on. I think it's going on with the Republicans and the Democrats. I think neither one would admit what they're really, what's really going on. And they both kind of have like a backroom secret handshake that says, hey, we're just going to let these people in. Neither one of us is going to throw political capital at stopping them because employers need them. Housing people like myself, we, we love to see more people. That's just more housing, more demand for our housing, higher rents. Uh, builders love it because they need somebody to build for. So it increases the uh, possibilities. And in addition to that, builders can't build without labor. And a lot of these people are going to be just that, labor. Uh, as opposed to everybody in America thinks they got to go to college and get a degree. The other thing is, let's look at um, Bobby and, and Billy, Mr. America. And I used white names probably, so I'm sorry about that, but they're just first two names that came to mind. Bobby and Billy. You can call them Broussard, whoever you want to call them, I don't care. What do they do all day long? What do your kids do all day long? Well, they play on their phone. Do they do anything laborious? No. Do your parents make them work in the yard anymore? No. Do they learn how to use tools anymore? No. Do they know anything about how to build things, make things, create things, clean things, or fix things? No. What do they know how to do? They know how to look stuff up on a computer, look stuff up on their phone. They have mastered that because that's what they grew up with. And they do not want to put that phone down. In fact, I don't even think Billy, Bobby, or Broussard could ever, any of them, get out there and get a job in a labor job because they'd have to put the phone down. And they refuse to put the phone down. Now, I'm making this ridiculously easy for you to see. This is just something that we don't have in this country anymore is labor. And this is an opportunity for millions and millions of laborers to come to this country who really see it as a better opportunity for their life and for their family's future. And for us as real estate investors, it's the opportunity to have people we can supply housing for, especially on our low end housing units. You know, I mean, we've gotten to the point now where we've taken all the old real estate in this country. Over the last 15 years, we've renovated it beyond real and realistic renovation. I mean, when I first got in this business, there were, you know, there was A class, B class, C class, and no class at all. Class D housing that was affordable, $200, $300 a month to rent an apartment because that's what you got was a two or $300 a month apartment. And people go, oh, that's terrible, but... Is it terrible to somebody can only afford two or $300 a month? Maybe not. I actually remember going and looking at apartment complexes with strange things, like one apartment complex we looked at to, uh, to buy. The owner said, look, I don't even do make ready. He said, what do you mean you don't do make ready? Well, I said, I, I offer them an opportunity. They can move in. They're undocumented, uh, or maybe they're criminals, or maybe they, whatever they can't qualify getting a regular place. I say, look, here's a unit. Do you want it? They walk in, no matter how dirty or unmade it is, they say, yes, I do. I say, okay, here's the point I'll make to you. If you give me $200, I will go ahead and clean the unit out and slap a coat of paint on it and clean the carpet. Or if you'd rather not give me a $200 security deposit to protect us from your damage, I'll let you move in and do all that stuff yourself, and you can bring it to whatever level you want, paint it whatever color you want, blah, 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 blah. I go, that is insane that you would do that. 
Yet he was full. That was his approach. I thought it was rather lazy. I thought it was slumlordish. It had nothing to do with my perceived way of operating real estate. But as I look back at it right now, there's a bunch of people on the street that two or $300 a month might be a godsend. Now, I'm not advocating being a slumlord. Don't get me wrong. What I'm advocating here is that these people coming into the country may be a godsend. Because for one thing, in America, we're only replacing 1.6 people per person or per family. So in other words, you got a husband and wife, and they're producing 1.6 offspring. That's not enough to even replace ourselves. You can't maintain a country that way. You can't maintain a workforce that way. And so I'm not advocating for this. I'm just saying maybe it's not as bad as we think it is. And even more profound, if there is such a thing, Maybe all the politicians have already been taught this. As soon as they get up there to Washington, D.C., they go, look, guy, you're an idiot. This is why we're doing this. Just shh. Now, you go out there and you bark your political advocation and argue and fight and bark and argue and fight and bark. And we'll all make it look like we're trying to do something, but we're not going to do anything. You know, Biden doesn't even admit there's a problem. To him, it's like, I'm not even going to the border. What are you talking about? There's nothing going wrong there. We needed some new people. We're just letting them in. And our, whatever it is, immigration system, they, they both, Republicans and Democrats, admit that it's broken, that there's really no way to fulfill the immigration need we need to fulfill with the way the laws are set up now, other than just let them break the laws. And that's why they're letting them do it. But does either party want to be the party that let all the people in? No. So... Whatever the political reason is they're actually letting this all occur is irrelevant to me. What is relevant to me just stands out all over the place is that these people are going to need housing. Uh, There's going to be a tremendous demand for housing. Really, we need to maintain the housing we have, and the volume increase is going to mean increased rents and so on and so forth. Having said that, I want to finish up today here with uh, another point, and that is... I've got a bunch of books out there that I recommend. If you go online to Lifestyles Unlimited and look up the books I recommend, um, they're, they're pretty important. And I've taught my family, and I know books are something in this day and age. Nobody reads books anymore. But books are still the best organization of ideas out there. Say, well, I can read it on my Kindle or whatever. Yeah, maybe you can. Uh, I can read it on my phone. Maybe you can. But for what I did with it, which was to take a tactile book, something you can touch. And I sat down with my family, my wife, current wife, when she was my girlfriend, and our kids, her kids, my kids. And we read these books together, paragraph by paragraph, some cases, where, hey, read that paragraph again. Now, what does that paragraph really mean? What are you missing? Why are successful people successful and unsuccessful people unsuccessful, right? And you've got success and you've got health and you've got wealth and you've got all different things in life that are important. But reading books, now I've focused on books about success because I figure you're going to have your own emotional desires and demands. I've read a lot of books on emotions, a lot of books on um 
the socialization and culture and so on and so forth. But I really focused with the kids more so on success, because if you can learn the system for success, uh, then you can do just about anything. Now, this last week, I ran into two different situations where I just happened to have uh, conversations with young gentlemen. And one young gentleman had been driving for a long time, for probably six, seven years. And it was long, long hours and, you know, basic pay. I don't know, wasn't, wasn't getting rich by it, but, you know, it was good enough pay that he was happy with it. Uh, but he was really frustrated with the job, didn't like the job, and finally just gave it up and went and got some other kind of job. And he got a job painting automobiles. And he's learning the process, and he starts out slow, and they build, and they teach him, and so forth. But he, they work on contract labor mo- minutes. So, hey, I've got these jobs for you. You can do as many of them as you want. You can work, and, you know, you earn some portion. Um, and then what he does is he splits whatever he earns with the guy who sets the job up. I ran into another kid this week also, last week. Uh, I guess it was, what is yes Maybe it was yesterday. Um, where this kid just got out of the military, and what he's doing is power washing, pressure washing buildings and cleaning buildings. Has all, he's, you know, he's very excited about the fact he has multiple different kinds of cleaning uh, supplies he can use, and he can clean different types of things, and, you know, how his um, product is available to do different things for different people. And... What was interesting is that the one gentleman didn't have any thoughts at all about being financially successful. It just didn't cross his mind that, is this the path to being financially successful? And the thought was, well, I can do more. And the more I do all and I do more expensive things, I'll make more money. And so... Already at that age in their 30s, both these guys were in their 30s, they've gotten to the point where more is better. And it took me a long time in my life to learn, unlearn the fact that more is better. I did it. I worked 12 hours a day, six days a week because more was better. I could work more, earn more. So both guys were lined up mentally. It just it it hit me because two young guys I met within a couple of days each other, they both were focused on more is better. I can make more money. Because I've got a job that pays me piecemeal. And now if I work more, I get paid more. And I was having a discussion with my executive vice president of my company. And there is this tendency for people to believe that success comes from more. I should work more. I said, well, look, I don't want you to work more than 40 hours a week, but I can't get the job done. I need to work more. And I want to make more money. And I don't want people to work more than 40 hours a week. I just don't want them to make more by working more. I want them to make more by being more productive. And I'd rather spread the work out amongst more people than to pay one person uh, to do all the work. And end up burning themselves out and lose their creativity and all the negative things to their family and all this bad stuff that happens from overworking a person. And they can't seem to understand that because in their mind, and here we are with these two young 30-year-old kids, and what I'm pointing out to you is that it starts in their, their 
their teens, their 20s, their 30s, wherever they pick up this, more is better. And it sticks with them into their 40s and 50s to where they believe they've just got to do more. And when their boss asks them to do more, they're willing to do more. But that's not the right way to do it, guys. You want to be successful because you figure out not more, but better. Think that one through. We'll cover it again another day. Rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.